Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? In today's video, I'm going to be updating my rest of season rankings at the wide receiver position. So I've already posted my running back rest of season rankings. And in this video, it's going to be about the wide receivers. Obviously, I put out my rankings, you know, prior to week one, and then I updated these rest of season rankings after week four. So now we are going into week nine. We are eight weeks into the season. And so I thought this would be an appropriate time to reevaluate. And so basically, these would be the rankings I'd be following if I was doing a draft right now, you know, only for the rest of the season. But before I get into the rankings, I just want to say if you guys enjoy the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, ring that bell so you get notified every time I post a video. And then if you have any fantasy questions, drop them down below. I'll be responding to every person. And then also just any commentary on these rankings. If you think a guy's too high, too low, you know, let me know down below. Give me your reasoning. And then we can have a nice back and forth because obviously these rankings are not going to be perfect. And there's a lot of guys you could argue higher or lower. These were pretty tough to do, but I'm going to try to talk through every single player. Starting it off at number one, and it's Cooper Cup. This one really wasn't tough for me. Cooper Cup has just been a monster this season. He's just been dominant all over the place. He's getting the volume. He's getting the big plays. His receiving yardage is crazy. He's a huge red zone target, not physically, but just in terms of the amount of red zone targets he's received and how well he's been at getting into the end zone. So this one was pretty clear cut for me. Really, Matthew Stafford has just unlocked Cooper Cup as a fantasy monster. He may be the most valuable fantasy player so far this season. You know, if you're looking at Derrick Henry, who's out for the year, Cooper Cup through eight games has just been amazing. Then at number two, I have Devontae Adams. He's up there with one of those guys who just has a crazy ceiling. Obviously, the last two weeks have been a little iffy. You know, he has COVID. He misses a game. Now, A-Rod has COVID, so he's going to be without his QB1. But still, you know, this is for the long run, and he is going to be a top-tier wide receiver. And number three, it's Tyreek Hill. And basically, for me, these top three guys were pretty simple to rank. It gets a little bit iffy after that. But Hill still performing very well, actually seeing a lot of volume even though this Chiefs offense isn't performing well. So really, I think Tyreek Hill can only go up from here because that Chiefs offense probably is going to improve rest of season. Then at number four, I ended up going with A.J. Brown. And this has a fair amount to do with the Derrick Henry injury. You know, prior to Henry going down, this was an offense that ran through Henry first. He was the guy who's going to touch the ball 30 plus times a game. Now they don't have that anymore. They're gonna have to make a drastic shift to a more pass-heavy attack, and A.J. Brown is going to be the main beneficiary of that. We saw now he's healthy, ready to go. He's put up back-to-back -back monster games, and I think he's going to be a high-end wide receiver one throughout the rest of the season. Then at number five, I ended up going with Debo Samuel. The man just doesn't stop putting up massive performances. He is a yardage monster. He's also seeing that volume and just a big-time playmaker. Without Brandon Ayuk breaking out, you know, he may see a little bit of dip in value once Kittle comes back, but he's still going to be a solid, you know, mid-tier wide receiver one at rest of season, no matter who's the quarterback for the 49ers. And number six, I ended up going with Justin Jefferson. You know, he's coming off really his only down game of the season. I still think he is an elite fantasy wide receiver. And really, you know, there's not much to say here. That Vikings offense is just a funnel between Jefferson, Thielen, and Cook. And so Jefferson is going to continue to ball out. Then at number seven, I went with Jefferson's former college teammate, 
Jamar Chase. Honestly, you know, I loved Chase as a prospect. I wasn't super high on him coming into this season. I just thought there was a lot of risk picking a rookie wide receiver so high, but he has just shattered all expectations. Like I thought he was going to be good long-term. I didn't think he was going to come in and be a top-tier fantasy wide receiver right away. That's exactly what he's done. You know, you could make an argument he should be higher. The reason why, you know, I have him here at seven, which is still a very good ranking, he has been fairly reliant on touchdowns and big plays. You know, is he going to be able to keep that up throughout the entire season? We shall see. But I just feel a little bit more confident with guys like Brown, Debo, and Justin Jefferson. But obviously, that's not a knock on Jamar Chase because number seven is still a very high ranking. Then at number eight, I went with Stephon Diggs. He's still a really nice wide receiver one option. He really just hasn't seen the volume that we kind of expected coming into this season. You know, in 2020, he was just being targeted at an absurd rate. They went out, brought in Emmanuel Sanders. You got Sanders, Beasley, and Gabriel Davis. These guys are kind of taking away touches. Same thing with Dawson Knox. They're just a little bit of a more balanced offense. So Diggs is still going to produce. I just don't think he has that same ceiling and floor that we saw last season. Then at number nine, I have a DJ Moore. And this was kind of a tough situation to evaluate because we have the first few games of the season. DJ Moore just lit it up. He's getting targeted at an absurd rate. He's producing. He's getting into the end zone. But that was when Sam Darnold was playing well. Then the last few games, he still has that volume and target share, but Sam Darnold has just been playing poorly, and obviously that's going to affect more in terms of yardage, receptions, and touchdown upside. I do think his rest of season fantasy value is probably somewhere in between, you know, the beginning of the season and the last few weeks. You know, through the first few games, he was a high-end wide receiver one. Last few games, he's been definitely more of a wide receiver two, you know, maybe even wide receiver three. So I think rest of season, you know, a lower end wide receiver one is definitely a more fair ranking. Then at number 10, I went with DK Metcalf. And this was honestly a weird one to rank because, you know, I kind of expected Metcalf to be lower just when you're looking at the Russell Wilson injury. But here's the thing. There's a shot Russ is able to return in week 10. And when Russ is the quarterback for the Seahawks, I mean, DK Metcalf, could have an argument to be the number four player on this list. He is that good. And what's been crazy impressive is that he has continued to put up monster numbers, even with Geno Smith at quarterback. So honestly, even when I'm talking about it right now, I feel like DK Metcalf probably should be higher. But like I said early on, it's really tough to differentiate between these guys. And it is tough when your quarterback is injured because you know, they're optimistic he returns week 10. Is that a guarantee? Definitely not. So Metcalf is going to settle in here at number 10. Moving on to number 11, I have Deontay Johnson, and I'm very high on DJ for the rest of the season. He honestly has everything you want in a fantasy wide receiver. We know he has that volume. His yardage has actually been pretty solid, and he's also been able to get into the end zone. Ben Roethlisberger is honestly the perfect quarterback for him because he doesn't need the ball to be pushed down the field. He can just rack up receptions all game long and produce that way. Plus now with Juju Smith out, it really just kind of condenses the players who are going to be very involved. And so I think Deontay Johnson has a legit shot to be a wide receiver one rest of season. Then we're here at like 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Honestly, all of these guys, you throw Deontay Johnson in there. I feel like these players could be flipped all over the place. We've got some teammates in here. You know, it's tough to tell which players are really going to outproduce the other ones. It's likely going to come down to touchdowns. But here at 12, I have C.D. Lamb really just been balling out 
this entire season. That Cowboys offense is looking nice. At number 13, I have Keenan Allen. I know a lot of people were concerned about Keenan Allen. We had these huge games from Mike Williams. I was someone who was a lot more patient on Keenan Allen. I thought he would turn around because really the only difference we saw between Keenan Allen and Mike Williams was the touchdowns. But the thing is, Keenan Allen was being targeted even more than Mike Williams in the red zone. So that production just really hadn't translated yet. We saw Keenan Allen go out in week eight and have a really nice performance. So I think he's a borderline wide receiver one rest of season. Then at 14, I went with Mike Evans. I did end up putting Mike Evans ahead of Chris Godwin. And that's just because I think Mike Evans can perform at a higher level no matter who is in the lineup. And what I mean by that is that when Chris Godwin is playing without Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin feasts. But when Antonio Brown is in the lineup, he does cut into Chris Godwin's usage more than he does Mike Evans. So that's why I put Mike Evans just slightly ahead of Godwin. I have Amari Cooper here at 15. He's also been balling out. Him and C.D. Lamb are an awesome 1A, 1B duo there down in Dallas. 16, just talked about him, Chris Godwin. He's been great, but he is just a little bit lower than Evans for the reasons I mentioned. Then at 17, I have Terry McLaurin. Kind of a disappointing stretch here for Terry. He's getting the volume. He really is just not producing, and I don't really think this is on him. The offense has not been good. The quarterback play is not great. So I guess you're hoping for a Fitzpatrick return, but I don't even know how much that is going to help McLaurin and when is he going to be back? We just don't know. So right now, I think he's a mid-tier wide receiver too. Hopefully he can kind of pick up the production because we all know he's incredibly talented. At 18, I have Adam Thielen. And honestly, putting him here, it feels like I'm a little low on him. Everyone is always low on Adam Thielen. You know, going into this season, it was, oh, he's very touchdown dependent last season which is very true, but he's honestly kept up with the high touchdown production here in 2021. So you really can't knock him anymore. I would be fine with him ranked anywhere from like a high-end wide receiver two to a mid-tier wide receiver two rest of season, which is where I have him right now. Then at 19, I have Antonio Brown. Bucks have a bye here in week nine. I expect him to return in week 10. And when Antonio Brown is on the field, the man looks like he has not lost a step. The only reason why he's not ahead of guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin is that snap share. You know, even though AB is producing at a high, high level, you still see his snap share is way lower than Evans and Godwin. So he's going to be getting less opportunities to run routes. But when he's in there, he is dominant and still a top tier fantasy asset. Then at number 20, this may be the most shocking ranking on this entire list, but I have DeAndre Hopkins here at number 20. Right now, he's dealing with an injury. You have Kyler Murray dealing with an injury as well. And so far this season, I have not been impressed with DeAndre Hopkins as a fantasy asset. He's been, you know, fairly underwhelming in terms of his production. And that's with him putting up, you know, very high touchdown upside. And that is concerning long-term. When you look at the targets on this team, there are so many players who are involved at the wide receiver position. You've got Hopkins, Kirk, A.J. Green, Rondell Moore's involved. You've got James Conner at the goal line. Chase Edmonds is getting work in the receiving game. They have Zach Ertz there. DeAndre Hopkins is not the target hog he has been in years past. And if those touchdowns even take a little bit of a dip, he's going to be looking at like low-end wide receiver two production. So with the injuries thrown in there, he's going to be, you know, a mid to lower end wide receiver two right now, which seems crazy because he's way more talented than that. But right now, just looking at this offense, the way they're distributing the ball, 
that's where I have to rank him. Moving on to number 21, I have Marquise Brown, and I feel like this is a pretty fair ranking for him. He's produced at a wide receiver one level to start off the season. I just think when you're introducing Rashad Bateman into this lineup, he's already kind of been overachieving. I feel like he may kind of settle back down to earth here, but still a solid wide receiver two option. At number 22, I have Michael Pittman, and he has just totally broken out. I could see an argument that he should be ranked higher than this, but if you drafted him onto your roster or acquired him off the waiver wire or traded for him, you're likely got a tremendous value because he is breaking out as a true alpha wide receiver in the NFL. He's the clear cut number one for the Colts and they're just feeding him the ball. So he is a fantastic option moving forward. At number 23, I have Robert Woods. He's firmly behind Cooper Cup, but he has definitely picked up his performance the last few weeks. He is a little bit touchdown dependent because Cooper Cup is eating into that overall volume. But when you're looking at the wide receiver problems the Rams have, Robert Woods is going to be on the field almost all the time. The Rams love to run three wide receiver sets, so he is going to have the opportunity to run a ton of routes and is still a really solid wide receiver to play. At 24, I have Mike Williams, and this is definitely a big fall off in recent weeks. I still think he's a great buy low opportunity guy because I do think he can have a big rebound. I just can't justify ranking him any higher after his poor last few weeks, but I do think this Chargers offense is going to rebound and he is going to pick it up. But like I said, you know, just can't justify any higher right now. At 25, I have Tyler Lockett. And honestly, his production as of late is the reason why I have zero Tyler Lockett shares because he goes out, you know, lights it up at the beginning of the season. Then Russ goes down, just plays miserably. Everyone benches him, and then he goes out and just lights it up in week eight. That is the Tyler Lockett experience. Rest of season, he may produce like a top 12 wide receiver, but you never know when to start him. Obviously, you got to start him when Russ is in there. He's going to go out, put up four points one week, and then drop a 40 bomb the next week. I personally prefer players who are just much safer, and Tyler Lockett is just not that guy. At 26, I have Brandon Cooks, who continues to get it done despite just awful quarterback play and awful pieces around him. The Texans didn't trade him, so he's stuck there through the end of the season. Hopefully they go back to Tyrod Taylor, because I do think he's an overall better quarterback than Davis Mills, but Brandon Cooks is going to produce regardless. He just doesn't have that high end upside because of the lack of touchdown opportunities, because the Texans really just do not score very often. At 27, I have Chase Claypool. I was expecting a bigger day from him in week eight, I still have hope moving forward because I know the opportunities are going to be there with Juju Smith out. Similar thing here with T. Higgins. I did like what I saw out of him in week eight. I think he's going to be more and more involved in this offense with him and Chase operating as the clear one and two. Obviously, Chase is the number one, but I still think Higgins has some big games ahead of him. And then to wrap up these rankings at 29 and 30, I went with the Denver Broncos stack. Jerry Judy at 29. Corlin Sutton at 30. I do think when Jerry Judy is back to 100%, he is going to be the better option here, but Corlin Sutton is still going to be very involved. I think the only issue for both of these guys is can Teddy Bridgewater support them as well as Noah Fant, the running backs, Tim Patrick. If all these guys have to eat, are Judy and Sutton going to be reliable starts in your lineup? We really just have to wait and see, but you're kind of just betting on the talent here. That is going to wrap it up for my rest of season wide receiver rankings. If you guys enjoyed the content, please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, 
ring that bell so you get notified every time I make a video. I'm going to be posting my quarterback and tight end rest of season rankings tomorrow. So go check those out. But thank you guys for stopping by and I'll see you next time.